0: Hello, and welcome to the Catalyst Women Podcast. I'm Danielle Wingate, and we are a community of women who are pursuing truth, purpose, and freedom. We're so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome back to uh, our next training, which is all about fighting for freedom, and this is the third video in our series which is so fun. So we've already gone over chapter one, which is all about the enemy and the war. And then chapter two is all about the woman and the warrior. And chapter three is all about the armor of God. And uh, if you grew up in church, you have probably learned about the armor of God, but I have continued to relearn about it over these last few years. And it just really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And uh learning is always a journey. It's never a destination. And so there's always new things, you know, and, and God's word is a, alive and living. And so there is constant revelation that the Holy Spirit is giving people. So as a martial artist, I resonated so much with this because uh through the course of my various years of training, um, I have been in a ton of fights, a ton of sparring matches and you always wear your gear, right? There's head gear, there's mouth gear, there's like foot gear, there's like hand gear. And you would never go out onto the mat to spar somebody without your gear on. My husband, soldier in the army, he has deployed several times and they have a whole slew of stuff that they wear. And he would never go out to battle without his, his gear on. It just, it just wouldn't even be like a question. And so as I continue to study this and I continue to think on it, isn't it interesting that we are in a spiritual battle every day. And I began to wonder how many of us actually put on this armor, how many of us are aware of the resources and the tools that not only we're called to put on, but called to take up. And so This whole chapter, chapter three, is all about just the foundation and the basics of the armor that's available to us. And what's really fascinating is so Paul spent a lot of time in prison and he was actually chained to Roman soldiers. And so the belief is that he wrote the armor of God, like he described it basically that it was designed after a Roman soldier's attire. So getting right into it, we're going to just going to jump into Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. So be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So. Right as we begin to kind of <laughs> dive in, you're like, okay, so we're fighting against uh, what, and how do we engage this? And it's kind of a an interesting balance because while God has won the war, we are still called to fight. We are still placed here in our in this time in our in this season of our life for a purpose, and so God is asking something of us, and so it is our responsibility that we show up and we educate ourselves and we're intentional every single day and right and like we're celebrating the small victories of how am i showing up well today lord what would you have me to do so with this we're going to just start so the first piece of armor is the belt of truth so a roman soldier would always put on the belt of truth was not like a belt that we think of it was kind of like an undergarment but what was interesting is this 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 Piece, it actually connected all the other pieces of armor so that as a soldier moved or ran, everything operated well together. And so it was this foundational piece that then connected everything else. And so when you begin to think about this whole concept of truth, it really begins to sink in that um, if we don't have an absolute by which we measure our reality, then we are going to be living on very unstable ground. And so in the very same way, truth is our guiding force. Without it, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, like they are just free to run independent of each other. Um, And so, that's, that's our foundation that we've got to come back to. It's, it's gotta be God's word. That is our truth. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we always have to like it. It doesn't necessarily mean that we always, you know, even if we don't understand it, but like, Holy spirit, would you reveal to me, show me like reveal to me, truth reveal, give me wisdom to understand what your spirit is saying. And so that is the belt of truth. And if we move right along the next is the breastplate of righteousness, and so righteousness means just right way of living by God's standards. And what I love about this is the breastplate is the largest piece, being that it connects and protects our most vital organs, right? Which is our heart. And so I feel like it's no accident that God chose the breastplate um, for righteousness. So what's what's amazing to me is you know as a soldier would wear their breastplate, like it it obviously could get dented or scratched. Um, And that's, I feel like a lot of of relevancy here, even for us of like, there's going to be wounds that happen, but if we are really protected and we are really desiring to live by God's ways and in God's standards, then we are going to protect ourselves from our hearts getting penetrated and just wrecked by the attacks of the enemy because we are pursuing righteousness. So um, again, I, and I even have supporting scriptures in the book too. I'm not going to dive into those right now because that would take (laughs) even longer, but it'd be really great for you to just kind of pick that up, review those as well. So the next piece um, is the shoes of readiness. So what's really funny is um, when I was growing up, I always thought they were the shoes of peace. And I was like, this is this is um great okay so what does that actually mean and it's actually the shoes of readiness that come from the gospel of peace so in a fight one of the best things that you can do is have your your positioning like your your foot placement and so um as you're in your stance you're standing on the balls of your feet and what's really important about that is when you're on the balls of your feet You are light on your feet and you are able to move and glide as you anticipate or react to your opponent's offense. And I, and I really resonate with this because as we are reading God's word, as we are seeking Lord, what would you have me to do? God, what have you positioned me for? God, what are you stirring my heart for? There is a spiritual posture that comes that we are ready to move as he leads, ready to respond as he calls, ready to engage what he's asked us to do in obedience. We move with one, the readiness, but two, we move from a place of peace because we can trust, as Corey ten Boom said, we can trust an unknown future to a known God. And so um, we're just, we're prepared. There's this level of, of preparation that just comes from being in God's word that allows us to move with ease, even in uncertainty. Um, The next one is the shield of faith. And what is amazing is um, the shield was probably, if you were to study Roman soldiers, was probably one of the most impressive pieces. It was a huge wooden structure that was covered with leather. Um, I don't know if this was actually like like a proven thing i heard somebody share it once and i really thought it was very interesting but they also would like apparently she had shared that they would even dip it and like they would wet the leather before battle so that way fiery arrows um, would actually be extinguished as they were hitting the shields which i thought well that would be really cool um again i don't know if i ever like was able to to find like my own research that that was proven but maybe something for you to research. Um, So the shield of faith was fascinating because it was large enough to where a soldier could kneel behind the shield and it would protect their entire body. So the shield of faith is our fourth piece of armor, but it is our first to take up. And the shield, like I said, it's a defense piece. And so it's not something that we wear, but it's something that we take up and it's something that we protect ourselves with. Um, the other thing that's really beautiful about this is as a, a soldier held up their shield if they had attacks or fiery arrows coming from all different directions, the shields have the ability to link with a fellow soldiers shield and they could essentially position their shields all the way around to provide a dome like structure of protection from the attacks of the enemies. Now think about that for a second. How, how powerful is that visual for community? So let's, let's pretend for a second that I am going through a really tough season. I'm really feeling just the weight of the world, feeling attacked by the enemy and just really feeling like re- very confused and hopeless and just doubting God's promises in my current season and state what if my, I didn't pick up my shield. Like, what if I was holding my shield from this side and I'm getting like, just, you know, like weak. And then all of a sudden I'm getting the attacks from the back. Now, what if I have godly community and I were to call two or three of my girlfriends and say, I am just in a really rough place. I need prayer. I need just like a word from the Lord. Would you please intercede on my behalf? Or, you know, now, imagine their shields go up around me as well one on my right one on my left one beside me and behind me and on top of me like imagine that type of coverage and that is the element of what the shield was like and so as we begin to think about um i love it because the word faith is derived in the hebrew and the greek the word faith which means to bind or unite And so what's just powerful is we have this belief, we have faith, right? Because we can trust in the Lord, we can trust in his word. And so as the attacks may be coming, as the world may be loud, as just the the circumstances aren't really adding up, we can hold that and we can declare promises and we believe and we trust in the name of our God. So that is the shield of faith. And then the next one is the helmet of salvation. And uh, I think the salvation one is probably maybe one of the biggest ones that I was like, wow, like I, I grew up in a Christian home and I remember thinking, well, I accepted Jesus. I got baptized and I got this certificate and I took a picture and I was like, check the box that's done. I, I even remember thinking about it almost like a driver's license card that it was like, like, oh, are you saved? And it was like, yes, I am. See my card, by the way. And you know, and you like essentially hold out like this card of like, yep, Danielle got saved on this date or Danielle got baptized on this date, which I think, you know, um, is, is all well and fine, but that's not, um, how it is at all. There's this, this dying to self and Paul actually writes about this beautifully, um, but there's this dying to self that when we when we allow or invite God, Jesus to become our savior right and we receive salvation that we have this death to old ways of thinking we have this death to old beliefs old behaviors old actions and we are now a new life in Christ and so that is not a a once like one and done occurrence That is a daily dying to self and putting on this salvation, having our mind renewed, having our spirit renewed and just submitting, okay, Lord, what have you designed me for? Lord, what are you asking of me? Lord, how can I, how can I serve you today? What, you know, like, what do you need from me or how can I be a vessel for you? What do you want um, me to do? Father, show me the way. And it's this piece of it because at the end of the day, no matter how good we are, no matter how how many good things we do, we are all still sinners in need of a savior. And so this, this helmet of salvation essentially is this daily, like putting on of, I am, I am new in Christ. I have a purpose in Christ. There is hope. There is, um, you know, just this, this salvation that I have that says, I don't have to do this, this way anymore. I'm not this person anymore. I don't have to partner with this toxic way of thinking or old negative patterns and beliefs. I am new in Christ because I have given my life to him. So, um, I'm going to find that, that verse real quick, because I thought it was so, so good. And, um, Romans 10, I wrote it down and I was like, ah, okay. Well, now all of a sudden I can't seem to find it but okay well let's see if this is it all right well I'm not sure but what I would encourage you to do is go read Romans 10 and I wrote it down at 9 through 10 well like it's so funny because like obviously I wrote it down so I would have found it in here but You know what? It's just not meant to be. This is supposed to be for you to go and I guess study yourself. All right. So the very last piece is the sword of the spirit and the sword of the spirit is God's word. And this is our very first and only weapon that we are given. I think a lot of times we want to use our faith as our weapon and it is definitely not. Our faith is our shield that is our defense. It is definitely never our weapon to use. Um, I closed my book and I just realized I have another scripture I do want to read to you. And I did know where that one was. (laughs) So I'm like, "Uh, go ahead and open it Um, So the sword of the spirit, as I was studying for this, I began to read Luke four, and I really felt like the Holy spirit was just continuing to bring me back over and over to just the story of the Holy spirit leading Jesus out into the wilderness. And um, we talked about this in one of the previous episodes, one of the early episodes, um, that we have this negative idea when we are led into the wilderness, but there is a powerful and supernatural exchange that happens only in the wilderness. And so even retraining our minds to think about wilderness seasons differently. So the, the spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness, Satan tempts Jesus three times, um, and in every single attempt of temptation, Jesus responds only with scripture. He doesn't reason with the devil. He doesn't compromise anything. He doesn't expand on his response. He simply provides scripture. So and after his third attempt, it says that Satan left and then the angels began to tend to Jesus. And this is perfectly what's modeled because I think a lot of times, especially in um, our culture today, we're so worried about offending people. We are so um, worried or we're so actually passive too of like the, if somebody is offended, like, well, they're just the enemy and that's not, that's not how it is, but the, the gospel is going to be offensive. And while Jesus did come you know, and he uh, encourages us to be at peace and live at unity. Um, he also did come to bring a sword and he does talk in, the, in his word that it's going to be a divisive tactic, but the way in which we approach it doesn't have to be. And that's not for us to be divisive. We are supposed to share God's truth in love. And so as we use the weapon and as essentially the flaming arrows of the enemy, if you want to call them. And, you know, however that comes, if it is an attack in your marriage, if it's an attack in social media, if it's an attack on your character, um, your weapon is only God's word. It doesn't Our we don't bring our opinions into it. And we have a responsibility to make our thoughts, our opinions, feelings, beliefs, submit to the truth of God's word. And then that's what we respond through it with. What I also loved about this is I began to study the armor of God is that the belt is what suspends your sword, right? And remember the belt was a foundational piece that held everything else together. The sword as the gladiator, it was a very sharp double-edged sword that had to be suspended with just great, um, I, I guess, great protection essentially, because at any given time, a soldier would have to run with it. And think about this. If our truth, which is God's word, right? If, if, if our truth, which is what we're supposed to reveal, like we revere God's word as our truth, but if our truth is broken, then our belt is going to be off. And if our belt has any like uh, flaws in it, if our, if our belt or truth is broken or damaged, how are we expecting to be able to run into battle and carry or suspend God's word, as it is intended to be. The truth is we wouldn't be able to. There's just, there's no possible way that we would be able to do what we're supposed to do if our foundation, what we what we define as truth is broken and flawed. And so here's what I wanted to share with you guys. So Romans 13, 11 through 12, and also verse 14, it says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone and the day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. But put on Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And then 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through 6, verse 8 goes on to say, But you are not in darkness, brother, for the day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be awake and be sober. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet of hope of salvation. So, and the last one um, that I think we're going to probably save for another um, episode is going to be praying in the spirit, because that is just um, a much bigger topic than what we have time to dive into today. But if you have ever studied the, like I said, the armor of God, or maybe, you know, you were familiar about it. What I would encourage is the next step to you today is just begin to ask the Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit, would you show me? Um, the armor that I need to put on, maybe the armor that I've forgotten about, or would you show me in my spirit, Lord, where I need to have better understanding around this? Because um, we are all in the midst of a battle, whether we engage it or not. But now that we know it, it is our responsibility to put on this armor because guess what? There are so many people around us not suiting up. And guys, we are living in end times. So it it is like... I am just sounding the alarm as your friend, as your guide, as your champion to say, this is the time. Suit up for battle, ask the questions to the Holy Spirit, learn and just begin to take in information and celebrate the small win. So tomorrow, if you think of, oh, I need to put on like my helmet or oh. I I read this on social media and, and what I believe is true. Like, what do I, you know, don't go to somebody else's post to find out what they believe as their truth. Go and ask the Holy Spirit to show you where in the Bible or go search on the internet to find the Bible reference that is going to give you truth and ask the Holy Spirit to confirm or affirm that for you. And so these are the small things that begin to change okay, how do I show up today? How am I fighting today? How am I engaging in the battle as a good steward of the season and circumstances that I have been entrusted with? As always, if you have any questions, feel free to um, message me or drop them below. Thank you guys for joining me today and I'll talk to you.